Eagles Entertainment. Hey, Eagles fans, this is running back Miles Sanders. Sanders comes in, slot to the far side of the field. He is firing, and it is caught and into the end zone with a touchdown. Eagles score Miles Sanders, his first touchdown in the NFL. You're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast with Dave Spadaro. Hello, Eagles everywhere, and welcome to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you in a very special episode here of the Eagles Insider Podcast. We're going to debut a feature that I think is going to be interesting here toward the end of the show. It's called Today's Headlines, and each week we will catch up on a headline or some headlines and discuss it, either myself opining on that headline or I'll bring in some special guests along the way. Something fun to do. Maybe you'll be a guest. Who knows? That's a little later in the show, but first up, exclusive, 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 ahead of his trip to the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, where he will meet a gaggle of reporters. We had a chance to sit down and talk with head coach Doug Peterson first, right here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to that with the head coach. Ready for his fifth season as the Philadelphia Eagles head coach, Doug Peterson, joining us on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Can you believe that? Five years? It's crazy how how fast I think these seasons go and, and how time flies. Um, but uh, I'm excited looking into uh, obviously where we've where we've come from, what we've done, what we've accomplished, and, and obviously uh, into the future and, and where we can possibly go. Uh, are you happy with the new normal, the proclamation after Super Bowl Fifty Two. I am. Uh, obviously, you know we've been faced with adversity with the amount of injuries probably the last two years. But but being in the postseason, um, these last three seasons, uh, giving ourselves an opportunity to uh, compete for championships is what we want to do. Uh, it's the expectation around here. It is that new normal, and uh, we want to be playing into January and obviously that first week of February uh, as much as we can. Doug, I've got a lot of questions for you. So let's let's Great. buckle in here. Here we go. Can't wait. Right here. Welcome, welcome back. For, <laughs> welcome it's back. It's time for the 2020 NFL season. All right. Let's start with the coaching staff. A lot of new coaches, new roles. Uh, you went through a very thorough process, Doug, to put everything together. Walk me through that process if you could, and tell me what you think you've accomplished with the way things are structured now. Well, it it, it was a process that I wanted to spend uh, quite a bit of time uh, going through. Uh, it's something that um, you know I think now. As you mentioned, going into my fifth year and and uh, uh, having uh, coaching turnover um, each year, basically whether whether they've moved on to promotional jobs, you know, somewhere else, or or I've had to just you know make a move and let somebody go. But um, I wanted to spend and do my due diligence with the, with these this next round of, of hires, and and felt like I did uh, a really good job. Obviously, we'll, we'll we'll see, you know, once we get back out on the football field, but. I'm excited for the guys, starting with Mark Emanuel uh, on defense, been a former coordinator, has been with the Falcons, been, you know, kind of came out of that Seattle Seahawk mold uh, defensively with some of those coaches there and also in Atlanta and, and places like that. And, you know, just excited for for him and, and his growth and, and what he can do with that, that secondary. Him and, uh, of course, uh, Tim Houck, you know, being back there and uh, uh, excited for, for him and, and adding him you know, to the defensive side, also staying on the defensive side with, you know, Matt Burke uh, being promoted to, you know, run game coordinator and, and D-line. I think that's going to be a, a great addition there and, and just uh, uh, an opportunity for Matt to continue his career and, and uh, 
you know, he aspires to be a coordinator again one day uh, in this league, a defensive coordinator. So uh, hopefully this is for him as a step in the right direction. You know, Jeremiah Washburn, um, who's been here, been here a year, um, director of player personnel, senior defensive assistant, really not an on-the-field coach as much, um, more so, you know, an, an analyst for, for Jim. Um, being a former offensive line guy, he also does a lot of work for, for Stout and uh, some of our breakdowns during the week uh, on our opponents. So he's, he's a valuable resource for us and, and, and added him to our staff there. Um, and then, you know, I think the offensive side of the ball, you know, uh, Andrew Briner, who he's been a former college head coach. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's, he's someone when I, when I did a search on, you know, losing G.J. Kinney, obviously, to, to Hawaii as an offensive coordinator and, and happy for him and his career. Someone who could fill that, that mold of pass game analyst, which is, which is a, what I want him to do. I want him to analyze our, our passing offense. I want him to have a – where, again, he doesn't have the pressure of coaching a room, but he can, he can study our offense. He can study uh, offenses around the league. He can study, co- you know, college offenses and, and, and bring us – you know, bring us some fresh ideas and, and, and some, some thoughts and things that he's, uh, you know, he's done in his career. And um, I'm, so I'm really, really excited about, about adding him. And, you know, Rich Scangarello, uh, senior offensive assistant, um, really, really was intrigued by his, by his resume, where he's sort of come from, how he's worked himself up in this league. He, he was a coordinator last year in Denver. Uh, he's worked with Kyle Shanahan, you know, in San Francisco. He's worked with quarterbacks. He's been with Kyle in Atlanta. Uh, he started as a quality control coach, just like myself. Very sharp. Both these guys are sharp, bright minds. Uh, been around some really sharp football minds themselves. So, you know, again, really, really looking forward to to working with him and and impress Taylor. You know, uh, who I've had on staff now for four years, going on five. Who. Uh, is going to be a passing game coordinator for me, um, but also stay in the quarterback room. I, I think it's important that we don't disrupt that room. I don't want to disrupt the quarterback room. I think Carson's in a great place right now, uh, athletically, mentally as a quarterback. Um, and so I want to keep press in that room. But I do want to give press an opportunity to have more of a fingerprint on, on the game plans. Um, even though we're such a collaborative offense that way in game planning, uh, this gives press an opportunity to to have more hands on, you know, with game planning during the week. Um, and in you know, Aaron Moorhead. Uh, Aaron's a former wide receiver in this league. Uh, came from Vanderbilt, obviously. He is coaching wide receivers there. He's he's been around some of the top. He's been around Peyton Manning um, in Indy. Uh, he's seen this league. He knows how to play in this league. Uh, he knows how to coach in this league. So I'm really excited about him and what he's done, not only in college but also in his. Um, you know, his career as a, as a player. If we could, could we back up into the season, uh, postseason press conference? You indicated at that time that you didn't expect any coaching changes. So I wondered what changed in that, in that period of time. At the time, um, you know, I was still going through the evaluation process. And at the time, I hadn't made up my mind what I was going to do. I was still evaluating everything. And, and uh, um, you know, it, it takes time, you know, it takes some time. And, and, and so I made the statement and made the comment about that. And, um, you know, but as, as I, I look back, I got to do what's right for the Philadelphia Eagles. I got to do what's right for, 
um, you know, our offense, our defense, special teams, and and uh, making sure I've got the right people in the right in the right spots. And and so it, it took that time. It took that time to make and and come to those decisions. And and uh, you know, uh, went ahead and pulled the trigger. And 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 here we are. Obvious question here, if you could explain, in this offensive coaching structure, there is no offensive coordinator. Could you talk about that? And then also explain how things work with Press as the pass game coordinator and Jeff Stoutland as the run game coordinator and how the process changes from previous years. It's it's a great question because it's a question that I have really pondered and thought about for, for quite some time, for, for really many years Um you know, you, you look around the league, and there are teams that don't have coordinators. There are teams that have coordinators. I, I've had a coordinator by title. Um, you know, I look at the structure of what we're doing offensively and, and how collaborative we put our game plans together. It's not – it's like it's like players. It's not about one guy. And, and same way on the coaching staff. It's not about one coach that has to do everything. You know, it's a collaborative effort. Plus, I'm the one – I'm the one, bottom line, I'm the one calling plays, you know, on game day. So, I guess in – in some facets, I guess you could consider me the, the offensive coordinator as well. So, you know, the more I've thought about it, I'm like, you know, just again, I want, I want, I, I, I'm really excited about Press. I think he, he's got a bright future. Um, giving him the title of passing game coordinator um, really, again, gives him an opportunity to put more more thought and input on our on our game plans. Having having Rich. Um, you know, being being in, 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 in as a senior offensive assistant, he can he can assist, he can help, you know, uh, sort of bridge the gap with with Stout and Press and and putting all the pieces together along with myself and Justin Peel and Deuce Staley and you know just just bringing our game plans together and and that's what that's what I want. That's 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 my vision for for this season. You know, and and really uh, having a seamless transition that way and. Um, you know, when we win, we win as a team, and, and it's not about again, it's not about one guy or one guy getting the credit. And so, I feel like this is the best uh, structure for us, for me, um, as a play caller. And because there's times when I get pulled in a lot of different directions, and I got to lean on press. I'm gonna have to lean on Rich and 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 Jeff Stoutland and, and the guys to really, you know, pull the game plans together and and. Uh, you know, give me the information that I need as we as we prepare for games. Uh, you've talked about the collaboration, a lot of it in this building. Uh, how did decisions get made about the construction of the coaching staff, and what role did Jeffrey and Howie play in that process? You know, the coaches are are my responsibility. Um, you know, I'm I'm the one that uh, that hires them, and I'm obviously the one that you know has to do the the the, the dirty work and and sometimes let let these coaches go. And so, you know, that's my responsibility, and and. You know, I, I do want I do want their input. I do want their say. I mean, I think it's important that that uh, if 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 a name is brought to my attention, right? Um, you know, um, why not have a collaborative approach? Why not get as many uh, you know inputs as I can? You know, to make sure that I'm I'm hiring the right guys. And ultimately, it comes down to, to my decision with 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 all these hires. And 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 I have to feel comfortable at the end of the day because I'm the one that's spending all of my time. You know, with these guys upstairs and 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 on game days and 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 whatnot on a practice field. So, um, you know, it's it's something that uh, you know I I do invite the input, um, but at the end of the day, it's it's uh, it's my decision, and 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 that's uh, you know that's something I have to live with. Doug Deuce Staley is still here, assistant head coach, 
and running back coach. What are we to make of his role not changing? And did you consider Deuce as an offensive coordinator? And if not, why? You know, I, I considered I considered Deuce, and 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 Deuce does a lot for me. Um, he is the assistant head coach. Let's let's not forget that he is my 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 right hand guy. And uh, you know, Deuce is very um, very important to our offense. He's very important to the running back room, obviously. And and he, you know, a lot of our success last year with some of the young players that played the practice squad type players that came up is is a direct result of what Deuce Staley does through the developmental program and you know that's a lot on his plate throughout the course of the year so all things that I evaluated um as as I as I went through this process um Deuce is a valuable part uh to our offense and and, and a valuable part to me and, and and what he does for me and 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 uh, just at the time, just decided to keep him in that role. Do you get the feeling that Deuce is happy here in his current role? And what are some of the things that he helps with as the assistant head coach? Because we're not quite familiar with that one. I think Deuce is – I know Deuce is happy to be here. Um, he wants to be here. And, uh, you know, some of the things that he does for me is, is obviously – um, you know, he, he does help run the football team. If, if I have to step away, he can, he can, he can take charge of the team. Um, he, he runs that developmental program, as I mentioned, you know, with the young players, he puts all that together and that's just not something we do in season. That, that, that program starts now, uh, uh the building blocks of, you know, whoever those practice squad and young players are in the fall that starts now. We don't know who those players are, but the, the program begins now and Deuce, Deuce has his uh, fingerprints all over that, and that's that's a big uh, asset to me. And then obviously what he does with the running backs. I mean, you saw what Miles Sanders and Boston Scott, you know, did last. Jordan Howard did last year, and being able to take young players and get them to play at a high level uh, is just a credit to what he does. Uh, also with game planning and, and and things of that nature during the during the uh, during the year. You talked about each of the coaches, Doug. I wonder did did you have relationships with any of the new guys previously? How did you kind of how they get on your radar? How's that work? I, I did not. Um, you know, again, uh, having a collaborative effort. You know, in this process, um, you know, uh, knowing knowing, I think coaches around this league, knowing head coaches in this league that I do, making phone calls, uh, putting guys on my radar screen, you know, and just reaching out. And, and the teams that have had success and, and the teams that um, have done really good things on offense. And to me, that's that's the most important thing. And then, and then reaching out to these coaches to, to see if I can gain access or at least ask permission, you know, to talk to these coaches is – is really how this process works. And then I, I get a ton of emails from outside. You know, people are, are obviously recommending themselves, and yeah, I get phone calls and text messages. So there's, a, you know, hundreds of names that, uh, you know, come across my either my phone or, or my desk as, as far as emails go, and, and uh, I have to sort through all of that and, and, and get, to the, get to the best guys. Let's talk a little football on the field. Uh, are you anticipating an offense that is – varied from the first four seasons uh, that you've been here and how important was it to get these fresh ideas and these fresh voices into the building you know each year your offense is going to change um your personality of the offense is going to change um you know your approaches can be the same but you, you take on the personality of the guys and 
we know that we have a dynamic quarterback, and really it starts with that. Um, he, he's great at play action. He's great at uh, you know movement, getting him out of the pocket where he can see and and do some do some things with his legs, and that that's where he excels, right? And so we, we've got to start with that, and then each year we're we're we're, we're almost hitting the re- we are we are hitting the reset button, and, and we're starting over. We're starting from ground zero. We teach from ground zero in OTAs and the you know the off season program, and, and it builds throughout training camp. So I think. I think you're going to – if we stay the same, we're going to be 9-7, and seven, right? We're trying to be 12-4, and 13-3, you know, 11-5. So we, we have to take the roster that we have and, and our, you know, eventually that we're going to have, you know, once we get through free agency and the draft. And, and we, and we got to put the pieces together. And, and, you know, but again, it has to start with our quarterback. We have to We have to – you know, utilize his strengths, obviously, and uh, and put the pieces together. And then having having these coaches that I've I've assembled on offense um, and the pieces in in, in the right spots, uh, and, and really excited about Rich because he comes from a world where it's play action. It's the Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco, it's Atlanta with Matt Ryan, where it's a lot of play action pass. It's a lot of QB movement, which is what our quarterback excels at. So. Why not have a guy like that on my staff who has these types of ideas that can just enhance already what we have and make our offense better? So that's that's where I'm that's where I'm at, and um, you know, looking forward to to this off season. You've also brought in players like Connor Barwin in a full time role, Brent Selleck, Darren Sproles in consulting roles. What is the value of that? Are they looking? Are you looking to how to help the locker room leadership? Is that a part of the equation? Is locker room leadership an issue? I don't think locker room leadership is an issue. What I do think is a benefit to these guys is for our young players to teach them how to be pros, to teach them how to be Philadelphia Eagles, um, how to really to, to 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 educate them on our city, on our fans, on our media, um, how how to study, how to prepare for games, how how to how to treat your body right, how to how to do all those things that a young player uh, I think doesn't understand. Um, you know, at, at this level and, and having these guys who are right here in our backyard, they, they live here in our city. Uh, other than Darren Sproles, they, they live here. So uh, why not tap into that resource and, and, and bring them alongside and uh, allow them to work with our young players? Last week, the Eagles made the move to release linebacker Nigel Bradham. Why? It's, it's all about evaluation. It's all about, um, you know, how we can – how we can, uh, you know, construct our roster, and we we sometimes we have to make tough decisions. Um, we've done this now. I've done this for the last four years. You know, making these types of moves and these types of decisions, and and um, you know, uh, we thank Nigel obviously for what he did. He helped us win a championship a couple years ago. He's been a been a valuable, uh, you know, uh, player for us. I, I I do feel really good about our young players. I thought T.J. Edwards made a big step forward, you know, last year in playing. So. You know, we got to look at that as well. But uh, everything is in the best interest of the Philadelphia Eagles. Is linebacker, Doug, now a position of need as you see it? I mean, you say position of need. I mean, you know, we're, we're looking to add talent. We're looking to add depth uh, at every position. Um, linebacker is is not immune to that. So um, we'll take a look at that this offseason through free agency, through the draft, and and, uh, and see where that plays out. Doug, is the, is the Braddock move a sign that – the team wants to, uh, Howie Roseman said this at the end of the season, infuse youth into the roster. Is that what this Bradham thing is all about? 
I don't think it's directly related to that, but, you know, um, it's something we have to take a look at. We're constantly evaluating our roster. And, and um, you know, I, I, do, I do think, and I think this is what, what our league has become. I know, I know the league has become a, a, younger, a younger league, um, but at the same time, you've got to have those valuable veteran presence uh, on your roster as from, from leadership standpoint. So, um, you know, it's all things that we're going to evaluate this spring. The scouting combine is upon us. What are your objectives in Indianapolis? It's our first uh, first look at these at these college uh, players. I mean, our scouts and our personnel department has, has have been looking at them now for a while. And as coaches, it's our first chance to really put our eyes on these guys and and, and really continue to enhance the the, the process and and um, you know uh, get a chance to meet these young players and 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 see who can um, you know help us help us win a championship. Doug, what do you see as the biggest needs for this roster, specifically the offense? Again, you're using the word need. Um, you know, I think we're going to add talent, honestly. We're going to add depth. Um, you know, you can you can look across the board. I mean, it's no position is immune. I mean, I, I know, you know, uh, you, you hear the talk about, okay, we need we need receivers or or we need, you know, offensive line. Well, you know, we're going to try to do that anyway. I mean, that's all that's all part of our process. But um, we're going to evaluate this the, our roster currently. We're going to evaluate the the free agent uh, players. We're going to evaluate, um, you know, the draft and that whole process. And and, and we're going to add we're going to add depth. We're going to add talent where we need, and uh, um, you know, move forward from there. And and uh, bottom line, we got to win on Sunday. How is how important is it to add speed and explosiveness into this offense? Doug? Isn't that what football is about? Speed and I explosiveness. Agree. Yeah. Do we need more of it? I, can you can you have can you never have? Can you you can, have, I don't think you can ever have enough, right? I mean, you know, um, you can you, you can never have enough speed. You can never have enough explosive uh, players, plays, whatever it might be on in, in all three phases. And uh, again, it's something that we have to evaluate as coaches this spring. How do you view the depth chart at quarterback? Will you be looking at a veteran in free agency or use the draft to bring in a developmental player? Every year we're doing the same process, right? Um, you know, we're always going to look look for quarterbacks. Uh, that's something that that you know I, I made that statement four years ago when I got here that we're going to continue. That's something that's always been instilled in me. You know, as as not only as a coach but now as a head coach, uh, is we got to continue to look for quarterbacks. So whether that's through free agency or the draft, um, you know, because because you never know. You never know. You find that diamond in the rough and. Um, somebody that you can groom and, and uh, you know, uh, again, uh, add that add that depth and add that value to that to that room. Harold Carmichael makes the Hall of Fame, Doug. Your yeah. thoughts on that? Uh, I'm so excited for Harold. I, I think it's it's great for he and his family. Obviously, um, you know, some would probably say that it's 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 well, you know, long overdue, and, and I'd probably agree with that with the career he's had in the National Football League, and, and obviously as a Philadelphia Eagle and. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for for what um, this will do for him, obviously, um, and and to be able to watch, you know, hopefully later this summer, you know, to, to watch watch the Hall of Fame ceremony, whatever they decide to do, and uh, watch Harold Harold Carmichael come up there and and have his bus shown, and the whole thing is 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 very special for him, and, and I'm excited for him. Doug, finally, uh, Amazon Prime did a very nice all or nothing Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I know you enjoyed that very much. Uh, what was that like for you guys this year to have cameras around all the time? And what was your reaction to the final product if you saw it? 
I've watched a couple episodes. I haven't seen the whole thing. Uh, I lived it, you know, uh, real life. So, um, but I know they, I know they do a great job. And and you know, quite quite frankly, I think at the beginning of the season, you sort of noticed the cameras around. But as the season went on, you really didn't notice anything or microphones and and things of that nature. So it was very very seamless that way. Um, I thought it, it. I thought it would probably be a little more disruptive, but it really wasn't at all. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested now in, in watching the whole season and uh, seeing how it turned out. It seemed like the coaches weren't featured very much. Was that a mandate from you? Did your Did you guys restrict their access in any way? We did not restrict access. Um, you know, um, it's just something that it, it should it should be focused on the players. It should be focused on the team and and take it off the coaches and. Uh, um, you know, that's just kind of how I felt about that and, and really, you know, kind of focus in on, on the whole team uh, and, and not particularly one group. Great. Doug, thanks so much. Uh, good luck at the Combine. I really appreciate you can come in every week if you like on the podcast. We can go through this every single week. You'd love that, wouldn't you? I'd love that, yeah. Doug Peterson, head coach on the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. It's NFL draft season, which means the NFL Scouting Combine is here. And if you want to be caught up on everything that is going on out in Indianapolis, make sure that you are subscribed to the Journey to the Draft podcast driven by AAA. I'm Fran Duffy, Chris McPherson, Ben Fennel, a number of great guests. We're going to have Howie Roseman. We're going to have NFL scouts. We're going to have great analysts from around the country. You do not want to miss any of our coverage from the Scouting Combine. We're going to have wall-to-wall coverage. Every day that there are drills, there will be a podcast recapping what you need to take away from the drills. We're going to have previews, everything you need from all the action out in Indy. Make sure you tune in to the Journey to the Draft podcast driven by AAA. We are back here on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. And now we will debut today's headlines. The headline that I'm going to focus on is this one. It's not exactly Eagles related, but if you Bear with me. I'm going to work it back into the world of the Philadelphia Eagles. The New Orleans Saints will welcome back Drew Brees to the quarterback position for the 2020 season. And so in New Orleans, they are thrilled. They've got their starting quarterback. They feel like they've got a possibility of keeping Taysom Hill and who knows about Teddy Bridgewater. And there's the ripple effect in free agency with the Saints now not looking for a quarterback. And the Eagles, well, this is how it all winds back to Philadelphia. Because the Eagles, as you heard with head coach Doug Peterson, have Carson Wentz under contract. They also have Kyle Lalletta under contract. But what happens beyond those two? Nate Sudfeld scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent on March 18th, as is Josh McCown. So it got me to thinking, we don't know where the Eagles are going to go here, but Doug talked about how the Eagles always look to fortify the quarterback position. So I looked back and I thought, is this true? And my first thought was, well, the first time that I can really remember the Eagles lacking at the backup quarterback position in recent memory, 2005, Donovan McNabb starts nine games, goes down against the Dallas Cowboys, and who comes in? Mike Mac Mahan. Remember him? He started seven games that year. He threw five touchdown passes, eight interceptions, and he completed an ungodly 45.4% of his passes. 
Really hard to do, right? But then they were pretty good after that. It was Jeff Garcia in 2006. It was A.J. Feely in 2007. In 2008, the Eagles made the investment in the second round of the NFL draft on Kevin Cobb, who only threw 34 passes in his rookie season. The year after that, the Eagles adding Michael Vick. But Donovan McNabb was still there, still the Iron Man. 443 pass attempts. Kevin Cobb was brilliant in his limited time. He threw four touchdown passes, three interceptions, completed 65% of his passes. Kevin Cobb was the quarterback of the future, and that's why the Eagles dealt Donovan McNabb. And in 2010, they turned it over to Kevin Cobb with Michael Vick as the backup. Of course, Vick taking over for Cobb after that Week one loss to the Green Bay Packers, and Vic went on to have a Pro Bowl season. 2011, this is where I found the name that I had forgotten. 2011, who gave the Eagles the moniker, the Dream Team? Backup quarterback Vince Young. In what turned out to be the final season of his NFL career, Vince Young played for the Philadelphia Eagles in that 8-8 eight and eight disappointment of a season. Michael Vick injured, and here comes Vince Young. Four touchdown passes, nine interceptions. Well, that didn't do well at all. Vince Young, in a couple of critical games, just absolutely terrible. I mean, he was just a bad quarterback for the Eagles in that season. And that was really the last time that the Eagles had a backup quarterback problem. In 2012, to borrow a headline, Nick Foles happened as the backup to Vic. And then Vic and Foles and Matt Barkley shared duties as then-head coach Chip Kelly tried to find the right answer in 2013. In 2014, it was Mark Sanchez and Nick Foles. Not great, but not Vince Young-esque either. In 2015, it was... Gulp, Sam Bradford, and Mark Sanchez. And while you can make fun of Mark Sanchez, you can certainly do a whole lot worse than Sanchez as the backup quarterback. 2016, of course, the Eagles didn't need the backup quarterback, so we will never find out how Chase Daniel would have fared in Philadelphia. Carson Wentz, the rookie at that time, throwing 607 passes as he started all 16 games in his rookie season. 2017, of course, Nick Foles saves the day, leads the Eagles to the Super Bowl 52 victory after Wentz went down with an injury. 2018, of course, it was Wentz, it was Foles, and it was Nate Sudfeld. And then 2019, we saw Carson Wentz start all 16 games, Josh McCown ready to go, as was Sudfeld. So the Eagles facing a new reality in 2020. Who will be here to serve as quarterback number two and number three behind Carson Wentz? You may not think about it much as the Eagles look for all these other positions of quote-unquote need, but as we've seen through the years, the backup quarterback position, very important indeed. That'll do it for this week's Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Thanks to Peter Kelly for putting it all together. Thanks to all of you for joining us. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate us, 
and pass the word. We want to bring the very best Philadelphia Eagles coverage to you. We'll be back next week. We'll meet Rich Scangarello, new senior offensive assistant coach. This is the only place the new Eagles coaching staff is speaking. Make sure you're with us next week. I'm Dave Spadaro, Eagles Insider. Thanks for joining, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day, and fly, Eagles, fly. E-A-T-A!